Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Test, test, test. Three, two, and one. Three, two, and one. Some of my favorite words. The NBA is back. And so, I guess, are the Chicago Bulls 94-88. Beat a bad Detroit team last night without Cade Cunningham, their number one overall pick who we had on this podcast who thinks that LeBron James is the greatest basketball player to ever play. It's not his fault. Only 19. Never saw Michael play. We get it. You're uninformed, and you're still a good person. Uh, Cade Cunningham missed the entire preseason, too, with an ankle sprain. So I'd actually, I'm actually very curious to see what type of player the Pistons have in Cade. And I liked what I saw last night. Coach A is coming up as we do our DeWindy City Bulls podcast for the first time this season. There you are, Zach Levine, doing your thing, and a lot of new faces on this Bulls team. DeMar DeRozan, interesting thoughts by Coach A coming up on what he saw on DeMar last night that could be on the slightly concerning side, and a lot of love for Alex Caruso and my guy Io, I-L-L, I-N-I, Io off the bench last night. Little spark, liked it, so that was good to see. All right, before we start, let me just weigh in for one second here on Jalen Johnson and the Chicago Bears. Johnson, one minute late for practice. Matt Nagy finds him. He does it by leaving a form letter in his locker. Johnson's pissed, goes to Instagram, posts it, and goes right at his head coach. Dude. Number one, point number one, don't be late. You're a professional. You're getting paid $1.6 million. Show up on time. The money shouldn't matter, by the way. If you're an intern, you should be on time. This is something that uh, people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. Yes, I have been late, and it hasn't been that long ago. But when you're late, you're late, and you're wrong, period, end of story. I don't think anybody would argue with that, even if it's a minute. Jalen Johnson, you're a good player. You ain't Tom Brady. You ain't Aaron Rodgers. You don't get the benefit of the doubt on a minute. Matt Nagy is actually trying to make you better. So that's point one. Point two, Matt Nagy, don't be an idiot. Don't leave him a form letter in his locker. You go and you call him in to your office and you say, Hey, Jalen, were you late today? Yeah, coach. Uh, Well, actually, no, I don't think so. Jalen, we have an electronic system here at Hallis Hall. And it says that you were one minute late. Coach, it just turned to 8.16. I was supposed to be here by 8.15. Jalen, that would make you over one minute plus late. So almost two minutes late. And do you want to be the best Jalen Johnson you can be? If you're early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. If you're late, don't even bother. Honestly, once it hit 8.16, you should not have even come into the building. 
That's a little old school, but why are you getting there right at the horn? You're going up against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Wouldn't you think you'd want to be studying everything you possibly could about Mike Evans? Shouldn't you have been there at 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock? Something. Not right skating in. Uh, at, at this is like it's high school. Come on, Jalen Johnson. So Matt Nagy, you know, you, you, you tell him. You, you talk about your own experiences around being late or whatever, why you've come up with this policy, what it means to you. Hopefully you have a little bit of depth to be able to speak to it. And this is not necessarily a punishment, even though it feels like it with a significant fine, but it's more of a teaching learning moment that I hope that you will use to make yourself a lot of money down the line, to make yourself better. Make this $3,000 fine a speed bump on the road to being the best Jalen Johnson you can be where you're getting contracts that are in the tens of millions of dollars. So, And by the way, the dude can afford him. He's making $1.6 million again. But those are the two things. Don't give him a form letter, you dick. Go and meet with him face-to-face. Dick's the wrong word. You coward. Coward. Call him in face-to-face. Have a talk. It's what he, and, and, you, and he does deserve that. Res- the last guy on the roster probably deserves that respect, but let's just say that, okay, fine. You're the last guy on the roster. You're late. I'm cutting you. Jalen Johnson, this dude is your shadow corner running around covering the best wide receivers in the game, guarding, uh, spending 60 minutes with Devontae Adams. He deserves a little extra bit of time. He's earned it. Come on, Matt Nagy. You're better than this. But this is also a window into the Bears' culture. Eddie Jackson takes a swipe at Lance Briggs. He went back to a tweet from 2011 from, from Pro Football Focus searching Twitter far and wide to find a tweet that talked about Briggs missing tackles because Jackson's pissed that Briggs is criticizing him on NBC Sports Chicago. I mean, pretty damn petty. You've got Jimmy Graham liking things about calling out the Bears offense. And now you got Jalen Johnson going to Instagram to call out the coach. Hey, uh, hey Matt Nagy, your culture and the, the room and where you're at, where you're at, it sucks. You have no culture. Your culture blows. That's where you're at. All right, enough of that. Bulls beat the Pistons. What's coming up for the season? Coach A sees the game better than, I don't know, 99.9%. He's back. It's the Windy City Bulls podcast, and it starts right now. Showtime. Coach A, I missed you. Hey, there he is. I missed you too. We're jumping right in here, Coach A. Zach Levine, Zach Levine, Zach Levine, Zach Levine. Everybody loves Zach Levine. Do you love Zach Levine? I don't know how you can not love Zach Levine from last night. I thought Zach Levine played like a star. Um, Thought he played how you want him to play, offensively and defensively. And on a night where the rest of the players did not play very well, DeRozan was just okay. Vucevic shot terribly. And... Lonzo Ball really didn't play well until the very end of the game. Zach Levine carried them, which is what you want. Um, who you uh, place the number one, the number one guy on? That's that's what you want to place on. The Bulls have ten new players. They also have a guy by the name of Zach Levine who's doing a Mountain Dew commercial with Zion Williamson. He's playing on the Olympic team. He's now playing defense. He's scoring thirty four. He's grabbing seven rebounds. He's dishing out four assists. I still see a player that's very, 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 very skilled, 
at getting his own shot, but not nearly as skilled at making the game easier for other people as slightly evidenced, maybe a little bit unfair by the 15 of 38 shooting for DeMar DeRozan and Vucevic last night. I thought that Billy Donovan had an interesting comment saying that basically they've got a bunch of guys who are used to being number ones and DeRozan's got the ball in his hands. Vucevic has the ball in his hands. Lonzo Ball brought in to not do that, be the distributor guy, but also used to have the ball in his hands. And so you did have a lot of last night, you go, I go, you go, I go, which they're going to have to figure out. They're going to have to become more of a unit, which will happen over time. That's not a huge thing. But it is interesting to me how Levine can actually facilitate that being the guy who's going to get a lot of attention and make the game easier for others. Well, I thought in the second quarter, in the second quarter, they started doing a lot of pick and roll with Zach Levine and Vucevic. And there's three consecutive possessions where they were, they were great possessions. They scored two of them were Zach Levine coming off and hitting Vucevic for a shot. And one of them was Zach Levine coming off was really isolated at about 15 feet, just kind of pulled it over a smaller guy and, and hit it. The second half, they went to the same thing. And I think there's a few plays that you may not have seen where Zach Levine may not have made the pass that got the shot open, but he made the attention come to him where the second pass is what led to a shot. The, the problem was, assist. Yeah. Right. The problem was, some of those guys did not play very well. Um, Vucevic missed some of those kinds of shots. Lonzo Ball early missed some of those kinds of shots. And sometimes he didn't want to shoot it early. That's what Stacey King talked about. There's a couple of times where the ball ended up in Lonzo's hands where really he became the offensive scorer and he chose not to look to score and try to make an extra pass. Um, I thought that they... In the first quarter, even though they scored 14 points, they got a lot of shots that you want. Uh, if if I was taking away from this game, Zach Levine would be the last person I would be concerned about. The Probably the bigger concern would be DeRozan. And that would be the bigger concern. DeRozan, the way he plays, is he does kind of want the ball in that mid-post, kind of a Remember, he's not a three-point shooter, so he's not a spacer where Zach can necessarily, or, or even Lonzo, can necessarily make him better off of passes because he, he isn't a three-point shooter. He's more of a guy that catches the ball at the top of the key and facilitates himself. So the one question that you had last night, he struggled to finish at the rim. That was, that was the, the biggest takeaway I had on DeRozan. I thought he played pretty well in a lot of other areas but he struggled to finish at the rim, showed maybe a little come down on his athleticism, and they paid him a lot of money for three years. And if he's not the athletic finisher that he once was and not being a three-point shooter, he could end up being a little bit of a, of a problem down the road as far as taking you that next step. If that that's, makes sense. that's why we pay coach a the big bucks. That's where the, that's where the analysis comes in. That's why you listen to a DeWindy city, Chicago bulls podcast. I, 
he did a great job at getting off the bounce and then getting himself that 15 to 18 footer and, and knocking some down. That's he was certainly in his comfort zone there. My favorite part of the game for the record was when Billy Donovan said, young man, second round pick, IO, get out there. And <laughs> he played with a lot of energy, couldn't shoot, didn't knock down one, three, got a couple layups in transition but I really like seeing the youthful IO out there. And it seems like Billy, judging by the amount of minutes that he got last night, that he's taken a liking to at least the, the energy that he plays with. I mean, he's not going to be a great shooter. That's not his game. But when you look at teams that win basketball games, they have guys like that. Maybe I'm going way too far here, but like, Maybe um, a mini Patrick Beverly type. Maybe Io could turn into something like that. I don't know. I liked seeing him out there, bottom line. And he gave them, I thought he gave them a boost. Absolutely, he did. The, the one thing that's different about this Bulls team that I think people are going to be excited about, and this a long time ago, we went to a Detroit Pistons practice. And when I was coaching at Loyola, we uh, would go to NBA practices and you know, before the college basketball season would start because the NBA season with practice starts earlier. And Doug Collins was a coach of the Pistons at the time. And he said, if you can get your kids to play hard every night or your team, I guess they're not as much kids anymore. If you can get them to play hard every night in the NBA, pretty much start the season at 41 and 41. That you'll win a bunch of games if you can compete and play hard every night. And we all remember how Doug coached there was not a night that Doug Collins ever took off as a coach. And um, I think that this Bulls team, that's one of the things you're going to see. It's not going to be the same old Bulls where night to night, you have no idea what kind of effort they're going to give. They totally changed the culture of that by bringing in um, Alex Caruso, uh, drafting a kid like Io who's going to play that hard, whatever it is, Whoever it is really brought um, with those new players, the athleticism. I really like the kid Johnson, how hard he played last night. I mean, he was terrible on offense, right? I mean, sometimes he was hard to watch with the ball. But as far as playing hard, my goodness, did that guy play hard. And Javante Green plays so hard. So they're a totally different team in that way than what we've seen over the past, you know, since Jimmy Butler's left, let's be honest. Since Jimmy Butler's left, this team has been soft. And Vucev guys like Vucevic, he's got – and Zach Levine, they better come with it a little bit because I guarantee you those guys are challenging him in practice. And, uh, you know, that was an exciting part. That, that was probably the biggest takeaway besides Levine being so good of positive is how hard they're going to play. Yeah, and you look at – I'm just looking at the box score right now as you're talking and uh, everybody off the bench was, was negative uh, on plus minus, except for DeSumo, my guy. Uh, and I, <laughs> I, I got up eight shots last night, which is an awful lot in 11 minutes of uh, action, but he, he was just so aggressive in getting himself. Uh, everywhere. He was all over the place and he, and he also, the ball also found him for some wide open shots too. And he did knock down one, three, he was one for three. Um, I, but Caruso plus minus wise had the worst night of any bull 27 minutes, one of five. He was minus 11. He did have four steals, uh, turned it over a couple of times. I, I was, 
I was expecting that wow Caruso down the lane dunk whatever stunning Alex Caruso moments like wow that dude um is just basically I more than anything else he's fun to watch uh we didn't get it last night but uh it it'll be I don't know when Kobe White comes back you got there's going to be a very interesting challenge here for Billy Donovan figuring out the minutes so here's three Let's talk about the three negatives from last night, okay? Caruso is not one of them. Um, we can get back to Caruso as a positive because the other real big positive was Caruso, Ball, uh, DeRozan, Levine, DeSumo, Johnson's athleticism on the perimeter. Here comes uh, Patrick Williams. Patrick Williams as well. Sorry about that. So all those guys. Um, but the three negatives that we saw last night, DeRozan, a little question on, is there a step lost, right? And in basketball, a step loss can be huge. He's going to hit those mid-range shots. He's going to give you some points here and there. He's obviously going to have nights where he gives you good points, but he does stop the ball a little bit, doesn't space the floor great, and I'm a little concerned about maybe losing a step athletically. Um, but it is the first game as well. So certainly not going to just jump off his bandwagon. The second thing, they are small and Detroit was not a team that could really take advantage of that. But when you take Vucevic out of the game, like we have no size. And even when Vucevic is in the game, there are times he doesn't really bring you a lot of size, right? That's where you talked with me about, you know, you're not a Vooch guy because defensively he's, he's a, he doesn't get off the ground very well. Like you said, he doesn't move very well. He's a good rebounder, certainly a good rebounder, but doesn't give you a ton of athleticism at the back end. And I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't even call him a good rebounder coach. He, he, he gets rebounds cause he's the big guy and he's down there. But if there's a rebound in traffic that you absolutely have to get, and there's a bunch of dudes going for it, he ain't getting it most times. That's not him. He's gonna get he's gonna get out athletic to the basketball ninety five percent of the time. The guy, I think. Listen, he's effective in today's game, and I don't want to pile on Vooch here, but you're. To we were talking last night after the game, and it's exactly what I said. I just don't like dudes who, if you give the ball in the paint to them, and this is a little bit more old school, they can't power up and finish it. That's not him. He's just he's gonna flip it in with the little soft fingertip roll and, and he'll, he's got the left and he's got the right. He's a very good basketball player, great on the pick and roll. But to your point about the defense and they gave up only 88 points last night, uh, by the way, the shot goes in at, right after the horn for the gamblers on the four and a half point spread. Congratulations. <laughs> that, that didn't, that, that did not count. That was a tight one, but uh, yeah, I just, it's painful to watch them, uh, in the paint defensively there there's, as you just said, there's no one there. Yeah. I mean, last night they were terrific because Caruso, that's why I would tell you you're, you didn't have a wild moment for Caruso because you're looking for some sort of basketball dunking play, whatever. If you watch him playing one-on-one defense, the amount of times he is in a one-on-one defensive situation and a player can't score on him. Not only does a player not score on him, that Caruso gets his hands on the ball. I bet you Caruso got his hands on 12 to 15 balls yesterday. And, you know, ball is kind of similar too. 
And then DeSumo came in and kind of gave you similar. And it was amazing, those three guys, individual defense, uh, as players were driving to the basket. But the concern is when you play against a bigger player, you know, when they play against a good big man, you know, Rudy Gobert, Gobert is out there uh, with some of these, these teams have, really good big men, Jokic. I'm not sure who comes off the bench and defends for a little bit if, if Vooch gets in foul trouble and can Vooch really – defend those kinds of players. Like I'm, I'm definitely concerned that that's a concern. And that's something that um, AK and Eversley are going to have to add to this team. They're going to have to find, you know, they gave up Daniel Gafford. I bet you they kind of wish they had Daniel Gafford back in some ways right now, because they're, they're going to need a player like him. He just got a big deal Gafford for over 40 billion. Yeah. I, it, it, that, that, that they're going to need a player like him. Um, whether they, don't like how he is offensively or not at some point they are. And, th- and then the third part is, you know, so DeRose and Vucevic and the third thing that's a little bit negative, there's not a lot of skill on the second team right now. Um, obviously Kobe White will enhance that when he comes, comes back, but you don't have, a t- you have a ton of athletic guys, Johnson, Sumu, Javante Green, Troy Brown is athletic, but there's not a lot of, a lot of skill. So they will have to add another skill level player to that bench um, down the road as well to, to really maximize how good this team can be. Well, they can also stagger their guys, right? I mean, you got a lot of dudes who want to go play one-on-one basketball. Hey, DeMar DeRozan, I'm going to take you out of the five minute mark. And then you're going to run the second team to start the second quarter. Of course they're going to do that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that'll, that'll, I mean, that'll make sense. Um, but you need depth. You know, you need depth there. And, you know, you can't throw out there, you know, a lineup of Caruso, DeSumo, Johnson, Javante Green. Like, literally, Caruso's a, an incredible defender, and he's got some skill. But, I mean, whether he's with the Lakers or he's with the Bulls or whatever, he's not the guy you're giving the ball to to say, hey, go, go get it done for everybody out here. And if you're asking him to do that, you know, he can, he can look bad at times. And there was a few offensive times he did look bad. I mean, the dude picked up five fouls in 27 minutes. He also had the four steals. I'm going to have to rework. I have been, I have been called to a higher level by you, coach a to evaluate Caruso on deflections and one-on-one defense. So it's like it feels like when you're watching a football game, quit watching the quarterback, stare at the offensive and the defensive line and see who's doing what. And that's yeah. what I'm that that's what I'm being called to do on Caruso. And as a basketball junkie, quite frankly, I feel slightly embarrassed that I did not notice uh, the Caruso genius of last night. So I'm going to uh, make that a point in game two here as they uh, come home to, to whatever take on the Pelicans on Friday night. I'll actually be in. Uh, in Michigan, in Ann Arbor with the Wildcats. So uh, nice. I'll be um, missing that one. At, at least who's, on... who's, who's covering that game? Should I bet Michigan? Uh, it's 23 and a half points. So, uh, you know, that's what that's you get those type of spreads when you lose to Nebraska 56 to seven. So I listen, the cats are coming along here. If you want to make a bold play, take the cats. Uh, they haven't beaten Michigan though, since 2008. So there's that. Uh, all right. <laughs> Uh, let's let's wrap up with this because uh, we didn't do a the, the standard preview pod. How many wins for this Chicago Bulls team? Let's 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 get the coach a over under. You know, I'm I'm 
crazy optimistic for this team. I think they win 51 games. Oh, my God. Wow. 51. I think they win 51 games this year. Okay. I'm, I'm going to be higher than a lot. I really think – I believe in this Bulls team. I think they're going to finish with like a four, a four seed. I think the East is very good, so it's still going to be tough to – you know, they could lose the four or five game. They could even lose in a three six. But I think this team is going to play with a hunger. I really believe this team's going to play with a hunger if they stay healthy. And, uh, you know, the Cavs are really bad. The Pistons are bad. In their division, they have some teams that are bad that they get to play a little bit more. And um, I really think that the Bulls are going to – I think they're going to have a good season. All right. Uh, Listen, I'll take take the under on 51. But I, I but I but I do think this. I don't think they're going to be under 500. You know, I, I think they're going to. I think they'll win 44, 45 games. Uh, you're just. So I'm not. I'm not down on the team. I actually was amazed how excited I started to get right before tip off last night. I was meeting out my uh, my brothers for a little birthday dinner, and so I I was waiting for them, and here comes tip, and I'm like, all right, let's go here, Bulls basketball. I'm I'm geeked, and it was fun. I actually, it's interesting what you said about Lonzo. I thought that his, at least his choice is when to shoot and when not to shoot. I noticed more the when he shot. Dude, you are not a good three-point shooter. You are an average three-point shooter. Don't shoot contested threes with a hand in your face, uh, with the ball moving around. I, I, I saw that a couple times, and I just saw I was, I wasn't loving his, his decision-making. That being said... I like the signing. I think Lonzo's going to be a good player for him. Did you see LaMelo ball, by the way? I didn't see the game, but I saw his stat line. <laughs> He's obviously really good. Seven for nine from three. Goodness gracious. Did you see what he wore after the game? I, I, I think so. I, I think I saw something, uh, some sort of meme on Twitter that he looked, that was him looking really crazy. He was wearing a neon suit yeah. to match his neon car. And let me tell you something, this, this ball family, they are, they are fascinating from top to bottom. So we've got walk our own. Walk, baby. He walked the walk though. You can do that if you walk the walk. Right. Hey, buy all the neon cars you want, baby. You're, you're, you can, and neon, neon suits. Yes. I will preface this. If the bulls win less than 47 games, I would be really disappointed. Okay. I think right. they should win 47. I think they should win at least 47. 51 is the high number, but I do think that the Bulls should win between 47 to 51 games. I think they're talented enough amongst the rest of the teams to win 47 to 51 games this year. And I thought that while they obviously didn't look great last night against Detroit, some of that had to do with Detroit. Detroit played really, really hard as well. It was two teams really competing. Uh, I thought the Bulls missed a lot of shots that I expect them to make. Vucevic missed shots that I know he's going to make. DeRozan missed shots at the rim that I do think he'll make a higher percentage of them than he made last night. I mean, he got where he wanted to go quite a bit. And um, I think when they get to the trade deadline, rather than, you know, us just thinking about how bad they are, I think they'll add a player or two at the trade deadline this year that will enhance their team for the playoffs. I think there'll be a different, I think there'll be another skilled player and another big man that eventually join this team. 
Well, last year they won 31 games. So if they get to 51, which you said, that's uh, I'll do the math for everybody. That's 20 more wins. That's a big time jump. So if they do that, it should be massively applauded. I'm not as uh, 20 wins is, I mean, what did they add? Larry Bird in, in 81 here? I mean, who, I, don't, I just, I just don't see how they're getting, they're going to have 20 more wins, but we'll see. We shall see. Hey, it's a good opening night. Bulls win, Bulls win. 94-88. Pelicans are next. And uh, my guy Io got going. So I'm, I'm happy, coach. I'm happy. Good to be with you. I'm, I'm looking forward to the season. We're going to do a lot of recaps after uh, basketball games this year. And, and we'll get Beto on here as well. So, coach, big oh, I miss, miss B-Dog because B-Dog would be all over my enthusiasm right now. I mean, he, he would be so all over it. He, he would. He would. And don't worry, we'll get plenty of it coming up here. So and, and I'm uh, going to get after you for one thing. I can't believe that you're not calling Friday the Garrett Temple Alex Caruso game. Oh, that's a that's a that's a huge miss. I, I was sleeping on Temple coming back to and, and for his <laughs> his revenge game. It's I, a Temple I, Caruso game. This is the game. Which, which guy should we have Caruso or Temple? Which guy I mean, you you love Garrett Temple, but you like <laughs> I think you like Caruso more. I think Caruso is the most underrated signing of the of the um, of the offseason. I think certainly if you just sign Caruso, that's not that big a deal. But I do really believe that when you added Ball and you added DeRozan, went really underrated that Caruso totally changes your culture a little bit. And in te- the basketball IQ improvement for the Bulls with DeRozan, Caruso, and Ball. We were missing two things with this team since Jimmy Butler left. Any kind of basketball IQ and any kind of toughness. And boom, we got it coming Over, to us this year. Overflowing, baby. We are overflowing in, in, in knowledge and, and grit. I appreciate it. Alex Caruso, we love you. Let's all dial in and actually pay attention to his defensive stance and the way he just thwarts would-be offensive stalwarts. Wow, I'm, I'm pulling out all the words today. All right, Coach A. <laughs> Missed you. Great to see you, my brother. Same here, my friend. I mean, there's so many things that go into it, and um, I'm I'm really proud of of where he's at. For him, I just I think he's doing a really good job of making sure that he he communicates with us where he's at. This program was recorded on tape for a live audience. The leaders that we have on that defense, uh, they they understand where we're at. The effort by our guys is always there. It never changes. You figure out why. You look at each other. You say, okay, let's pick the pieces up. Let's get right back at it. For us, we worry about what we do, and, uh, you know, I didn't see any of that or, or anything like that. And it's about finishing. It- Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park 